0: We're getting back on track here with Catherine and Emily, but as you know, we won't stay there for long because this is the Going Off Track Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Going Off Track Podcast. We are back with our Qatar Grand Prix recap. Um, We are a day late because... um, we were busy. Emily was traveling. Um but we are here now. We have so much to talk about. Um but first of all, so I'm still tired. <laughs> um i'm Girl, i'm still so still i'm still recovering you're you're you were traveling halfway around the world um but we i i have personally made it through my like two-week gauntlet of family events and i am very ready to like take some time off and recover um and and just like relax and get back into my own routine
1: oh i could only wish yeah i left the states yesterday yesterday yes Got into Argentina this morning and like started working the second I landed. Um, so And I didn't sleep last night at all. And I'm like, oh, I can just like chill now for a bit. But I can't because now I'm like done with my exams until the new year. But I have three groups of people coming down between now and the end of the year. And it's just like back to back to back to back. And I'm just like, cool. Don't get a break. Love this for me. I'm very excited to see family and friends. So, so blessed that they're coming to visit me. But um, I'm also just kind of wanting some personal space after living in a house with my parents for however long I was back home. Uh, I just need my personal. I don't have wisdom yeah. tonight. I literally, oh me. I know. I made my bed with my new sheets and I'm just so excited to like snuggle in and just be so happy. But yeah, it's the little things, Catherine. It's the little things.
0: Yeah. I hear but, you. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Speaking of little things, um, that sweatshirt looks like a, a very interesting brand.
1: Da, 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 da. It is. This is my Danny Rick sweatshirt. So I um, am obsessed with Ashante sweatshirts. They're so big and comfy. This is like an extra large or whatever. But yes, this is Danny Ricardo's brand. Actually, I think he has a new drop coming out for Ooh. Austin. So he usually does a cool one for Austin. Last year it was like the Ricardo Rodeo or Rick Rodeo or something like that. It was pretty cool. A bunch of like Western themed stuff. But yes, I'm full-blown Danny supporter coming back for Coda. I'm pumped. So Nice,
0: nice. Looks It looks great. I, I would love to like think about getting a new sweatshirt, except it's still 95 degrees out here in Arizona. And I just, I can't. <laughs>
1: Okay, it it was actually hot here today. Except I am, I just I love sweatshirts. I will always wear them just to be comfy. So I don't know. That's sweatshirt equals comfort. But now that we know about my (laughs) my entire life (laughs) for the past 24 hours, let's get into our hot lap recap of the Qatar Grand Prix.
0: So starting things off, Oscar Piastri got his first uh, F1 win in the sprint, but was completely and totally overshadowed by Max um, clinching his third straight driver's championship with his P2 finish, um, which was kind of hilarious when if you were watching all the coverage it's like uh remember oscar he's there too
1: (laughs) i also feel like he was kind of overshadowed by the whole pirelli incident this weekend so yeah and the fia messed up just a little bit um and they had to limit the drivers to 18 laps on each set of tires during the race and so that forced everyone into a three-stop strategy for safety reasons Which I feel like that also kind of overshadowed the entire weekend.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, And to start off for, for the race on Sunday we had the really fun action of Lewis Hamilton and George Russell colliding on the first turn um, which A was serious shades of the hamilton Rosberg incident in 2016 in Spain um, and B, George was just so rattled from all his radio calls that they had to have Toto call in and I'm assuming that Toto who was not in Qatar um, was it watching from their base in the UK and, and they piped in one of his, his radio updates to George basically telling him to get his head back in the game.
1: Yeah, I was so surprised to hear Toto on the radio. I'm like, Toto's not here. What is he doing? Yeah! But it's it's crazy how he has radio on even when he's not there. So, mm-hmm. Toto's always watching. Um, so, another in-race incident. I'm gonna say it's an incident. Yeah. Um, Esteban Ocon threw up in his helmet in, like, lap, what? 15 16 17 somewhere within there so before his first pit stop and he still managed to finish p7 I throw up I'm out for the count like the smell I just can't get over like I want to gag just thinking of him having to smell that in his helmet for majority of the race
0: Yeah, and he wasn't the only driver to have had issues. Multiple drivers after the race were passing out, had to be evaluated at the med center. Logan Sargent didn't even finish the race. Alex Albon needed help from the mechanics to get out of his car. And even Lance Stroll went straight apparently from car to ambulance to med center as soon as the race was over.
1: Yeah, it's a rough, rough weekend for everybody health wise. Um, Yeah,
0: It's not good. It's 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 not good. It's not what we should be having in Formula One. It's it's really. Well, they've already come out
1: and said like these are the measures we're taking so this doesn't happen again. So like yeah, exactly. Clearly knows this is an issue. Also, something to note is that the Qatar Grand Prix next year is seven weeks later, so almost two months later. So it should be cooler um, than it was this weekend. This should help with some of the health issues we saw this last weekend, but you never know it's just really yeah
0: annoying. I mean one of the other big things is that this is you know this is really a MotoGP track um and it it's really not built for Formula One cars um so it'll be interesting to see what the FIA and the Qatar Grand Prix are going to do because it for for you know track issues itself it's really the people who own the track and manage the track um and since this race is going to be on the calendar it, for the next 10 years um there's definitely going to be some some things that they're going to have have to change the FIA is going to have to change that Pirelli is going to have to reevaluate um in order for the issues that we had this race to not happen ever again or have different issues we'll never we you never know um I think so it's it's going to be interesting
1: no definitely speaking of Pirelli (laughs) Mm, yeah (laughs) what happened this weekend with Pirelli so I just don't even know where to start I think they win, like, the dumb of this, of the, um, season. I mean, besides the double DNF. Dumb of the, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think they win, like, this is up there on top five worst things to happen this season. Um, there were some issues with the tires, so, and what I can't believe is that they didn't tell the drivers that there were tire issues until it, like, broke to the media, which is insane, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely crazy. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, Pirelli basically came out and said, oh, so the tires are going to fail and it's going to be bad and we're going to put restrictions and limits on the tires for this weekend. So that's what the three-stop four strategy was for everyone to – make three stops because they could not use their tires for more than 18 laps, Um, or they would get a penalty or, like, disqualified or something.
0: They would have been disqualified. Disqualified,
1: yeah, Yeah, thank you. It was disqualification. Yeah, so they had to do it, Um, and, yeah, and it was just, I don't know, it was, I thought it was kind of annoying personally because then it's like you force people into a strategy and it ruins the whole race I feel like if you force people into that strategy but at the same time it's your safety so I don't know
0: yeah, and, and you can you can make the the argument that it was a little bit more exciting to, to have that, that strategy, but then you also have to do the math and you have to figure out, well, you know, if he you know, if, if you know, Lewis Hamilton has driven, you know, four laps on one medium tire, then, you know, how many laps does he have on each tire? And the, the broadcast did a really good job of keeping us they surprised did. as much as they could with, with you know, when, you know, what pit windows were. Um, but the other issue, and this goes back to the overall health issue, and we're going to talk about that like in depth a little bit later, um, was because the drivers only had 18 laps on each tire, they were going full out, which led to some of the you know dehydration the you know they were you know the the medical related issues that we saw that all of these drivers had
1: yeah exactly uh but yeah not not good from this weekend
0: yeah, um, this is big shades of the 2005 US Grand Prix, um, where there were two different um, tire manufacturers at the time, and one manufacturer got it right, and one manufacturer got it wrong, so everybody who could not go basically didn't go, and there were only six um, six cars that, that actually drove that race and finished that race, and it was just a whole heaping helping of a mess, um, but yeah, it was, you know, Pirelli, it is, it is their job to provide the correct tires, and they've made mistakes before, but this is... you know kind of the the biggest mistake that we've seen out of them
1: yeah definitely speaking of mistakes and and bad things happening I feel like it just goes from good to worse um yeah so the sprint yeah
0: 19 laps of pure chaos
1: (laughs) no words no words to describe the sprint besides mass chaos uh yeah yeah I don't know. This, it was just not good.
0: Yeah, it it was, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, issues with the whole Sprint Weekend format. You know, in, in the past, you know, Baku Weekend was just horrifically boring. Um, and it it's just, you know, th- this weekend was at the very least, you know, the chaos brought entertainment and things to watch. Um, but it's still just... They're, they're doing the sprint for the dollars and I don't think that it's actually ultimately benefiting Formula One as no, a whole and the sport as a whole.
1: I agree. And I hate that you get one free practice and then it's qualifying for Sunday. I think that's dumb.
0: Exactly.
1: I think that's so dumb. I think yeah, they, they need to figure it out to where you get the best of both worlds. I understand that. But the current format, I, I hate it. Because you have all you have one practice versus three practices because racing in a sprint versus racing in a race are completely different. R- driving for quality in and doing the sprint shootout is completely different than a free practice. So they're not getting the same feel of the track. I feel like on sprint weekends. And for a weekend like we just had, where there's so many different tire issues and the curbs are changing and things like that, I feel like, they would have really benefited from additional free practices.
0: Yeah, like they gave them the 10 minute familiarization session right before qualifying, but that's or right before this the sprint qualifying. But that that's 10 minutes, which is is really it's it's not enough and clearly did not work out for for the overall we had you know all those track limits issues that just were you know one of the biggest issues with those with track limits is those have to be evaluated manually with the way formula one is set up right now so you have really awkward things like oscar piastri being interviewed for p3 and qualifying and getting told right in the middle of the interview oh no you've been given a penalty for you you're your time is deleted for track minutes. You're actually P six, um, um, so it, it really, I think that I think the way to fix it is to go back to last year's format, where you have a qualifying session um, that is the qualifying for the sprint, and the sprint sets the grid. That's, and, and you have that gives you two practice sessions, gives you more time f- to familiarize yourself with the track, um, and actually puts you know skin in the game for performing well in the sprint because that's where you will start on Sunday.
1: Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And it's still interesting and fun to watch for the fans because they're going all out for the sprint because that is setting the grid. Exactly. So,
0: yeah, I, I, I've said it before. I will say it again. They just need to go back to the old format. And I think that no matter what happens um, at the end of the season, they will change the format for 2024. Oh, yeah. For sure. But I do think that the way to fix it is just to go back to the 2022 format. Like, let's let's not make it overcomplicated um, and let's just make this suck less.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do feel bad for Oscar, though, because he won and he's killing it as a rookie. Oh, big time. Sprint, and like nobody talked about it because it was Max's world champion. Netflix, get the shot. Yeah. And like Oscar was off on the side. and He's like, hey, man, I just I just won. I'd like some recognition, please. But.
0: Yeah, not only that, but he became Lando Norris's second teammate to win. I know that some people debate about whether winning the sprint actually means anything as like becoming an F one winner. But he has he has won a race before Lando, and this is Lando's second teammate to do that because Danny Riccardo is the other race winner for McLaren, um, and he won at Monza. Um, so Lando and Lando is still waiting for his maiden F one win, which almost came a few years ago in Russia, um, but then it rained and they gambled wrong on tires and so Lando was still unfortunately winless.
1: Yeah. Poor Lando.
0: Oh. Yeah. And then
1: we go to the race that almost killed everybody. <laughs>
0: Yep, <laughs> um, and and we we don't take that lightly. I think that one of the the scariest things was hearing what Lance Stroll was saying afterwards. And obviously, Lance has just not been having a great time these last few races. But Lance saying that he you know was losing his vision on some of those high speed corners, that's bad.
1: That's really like, dangerous. That too. that's like
0: on the verge of passing out. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a blood pressure dropping issue, which you just you can't afford to have and when you're going 300 miles an hour
1: <laughs> no no and like the crashes that could have happened like the, the driver safety was I mean always it's always paramount but sometimes you just think about their safety in the car you don't necessarily think about their like internal body safety for heat exhaustion and things like that um, but it's absolutely crazy. I he, listening to Logan Sargent make calls on the radio. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Guys, I I really can't do this. I'm, I'm, I'm trying and, and like hearing their, the team be like, mate, it's totally fine. Come in if you have to. We're more worried about your health than like finishing the race. He's like, I can do it. And then he's like, no, I can't. Um, no, I can't. Just wild. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, you have to really give him coming. a lot of credit
0: for making the right choice.
1: Yeah, I do. Because just thinking about it, if if he would have gone a little bit longer, what if he passed out in the car and like, you can't do anything at that point. He could have created such a like mass damage to himself and the rest of the field because he would have passed out. Like that could have been so much more dangerous. I think he made a really good call. I know right now he's really fighting for his seat for next year and that he's probably thinking that in the back of his mind, like I need to finish. I need to do well. But at the same time, like, you know, if you crash and, something really, really horrible happens, your career could be over. So I think you made the right move.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that was the absolute right call. And I think that it was actually a really, you know, it's not something that you see very often in Formula One of, you know, a, a driver retiring for, for health reasons. And I think that it was it was really actually important that not only did Logan and the team make the correct decision, but also that they chose to air that um, yeah. and, and really showed just how, you know, bad it was health-wise.
1: Yeah, it's... I don't know it's crazy I didn't realize like how many people did not feel well I mean it's so hot and like yeah I, I didn't in the cool down room too they were like laying on the floor and for podium yeah like, to talk like the podium had to talk and do the post-race interview and they're like sitting down like they couldn't even stand like that's wild absolutely wild
0: yeah, they it was. And, and I didn't realize just how bad it was until um, news was coming out in, in um, Lando's post-race interviews um, about, you know, drivers that were passing out in the med center. Like that's, you know, y- you we, we didn't even hear about Acon, um throwing up in his helmet until like af- way after the race. But you had, you know, Logan, you had, you know, Alex Albon's onboard being released where he needed a mechanic to help him out of the car. Um, you ha- you know, hearing about what, you know, Lance Stroll, Fernando's radio calls during the race, where he was talking about, you know, he was semi-seriously asking them to dump water on him because yeah. uh, his back was was so hot because of of where the engine is in the car. Um, it was it was it was absolutely crazy and, and not something that you're supposed to see in, in the sport.
1: No, absolutely not. Um, well, and like the, some of the drivers were trying to do as much as they could. Like they were um put uh, like picking up their vents and their helmet to kind of like get airflow while they were driving and like george was had his arms out like going like this trying to create some wind just to like hit him um just to create yeah just them doing anything they could because normally they don't like flip up their visors at all but like coming into the pit lane they all did and then they would you know put it
0: back down but um really crazy this is this was a a race that happened where a lot of things happened during the race that i hope we don't see again um just purely due to the fact that there were you know so many you know physical risks that you know we obviously we know from singapore singapore is one of the most challenging races on um you know of the season just because it is so humid in singapore and it's you know so hot even at you know eight o'clock at night out there um but this is this is just not something that that we, you know, need to see on a regular basis.
1: No, absolutely not. Which is why I think it's a really good thing that they're moving it to November because it might still be hot, but at least it gets them, um, you know, two months ish into a different season. Um so hopefully mm-hmm. that helps. But you never know.
0: We'll yeah. They they're they're they've they have talked about, you know, a a permanent street circuit um, in, in Qatar instead of, uh, the LaSalle circuit. Um, but that hasn't really been talked about in a couple of years. So it's, you know, we're running on the assumption that that means that we're going to be staying at this circuit. Um, and this circuit really, you know, the, the people running it need to, to make some modifications to make this a, a viable track for formula one cars and, you know, not just, you know, MotoGP, which is, you know, what, what the track is mostly used for.
1: Yeah. Because it's not like there's no other tracks out there for F1. Like, the India GP wants to come back, and there's a bunch of them out there that are actual, you know, F1 tracks. So they could definitely replace them. But it'll be interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see what the schedule's like in a few years. Because I feel like certain um, races only have contracts for so many years. So I feel like we're about to hit a new cycle of either they re-up or we get some new ones in there. I mean, I know we just got Miami and Las Vegas as new ones, but still.
0: Yeah, and especially with the new regionalization – um, that's going to make things really interesting because you have, you know, a lot of the Asia races are moving to toward the beginning of the season. Um, you've got, like we said, Qatar is moving to, you know, November, and it's going to go back to back with Abu Dhabi and take us to the end of the year. Um, but it, it really, it, it's going to be very interesting to see, especially, you know, how weather has typically impacted certain races. Like you have, you know, Spa tends to be rainy, Suzuka, you know, tends spa, to be rainy yeah. when it's held this time of year yeah spa spa is a real real uh, you know traumatic experience from the 2021 season um but yeah it, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this calendar evolves you know and especially you know based on what we're going to experience going into next season
1: yeah oh uh, well do you have any final thoughts on the race
0: Um, I, uh, think that, um, this, this, this was a race and it happened. And, um, I'm really glad that the, uh, drivers have two weeks off so that they can recover, uh, before they come out to Austin. Um, and I also do want to point out that, um, Lewis Hamilton did get a pretty big honking fine, um, because he crossed the live track, um, when he, after the crash with George, um, and, um, I, I think that, it's uh, what was really interesting as I read an ESPN article about it a little while ago um, and one of the cars that was coming by on the track even though this was in a safety car period because they were clearing his car out of that gravel but one of the cars that could have potentially if something went really bad that could have hit Lewis was his teammate George Russell who was just coming out of the pits Um, so that really goes to show you that um, crossing the track um, when there's live cars is bad. (laughs) And
1: that's why there's a rule against it
0: yes and don't do that though netflix will be milking that money shot of lewis trudging off the track all over honestly, dts next season we're calling it now
1: honestly i'm sure that netflix will just pay the fine for him because they're like this is content very much we will pay your fine
0: uh, yeah yeah, also cool thing that happened was um, McLaren um, broke the world, world record for fastest pit stop um, with Lando on a one point eight second pit, which was blazing. Like you barely saw the tires move before his car was, move, was, was moving again. It was, it was insane.
1: Yeah, and it was previously held by Checo for Red Bull, right? It was like 10 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Something like that. 1.9. Uh, I think it was,
0: like, uh, 1.9, something like that. Yeah, something yeah. something crazy like that.
1: Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's the fastest I've ever seen. No one's ever going to break it. And then here we have Lando.
0: And then they did. It. Well, what's interesting about it is... Um, I think it was last season they changed the way um, pit stops, um, the cars are released during pit stops, um, and they added like a human element to it that people were upset about because it was making the pit stops take longer. Um, and like it, because instead it used to be like a car or a sensor, and that was leading to issues with cars colliding with each other on the pit lane as they were being released. Um, so it looks like fortunately the teams and the drivers and and the mechanics have been able to figure out how to, you know, live with that human element in, in, in those pit stops and are getting back to these really because we're seeing a lot of these like low two seconds, you know, high 1.9s this season, I feel like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's much different than last season for sure. Um yeah. Also, I think this was probably the highlight of my weekend. When in the post-race interview, (laughs) Oscar was um, being congratulated, you know, for getting P2, uh, which is his best ever finish. And he was, you know, visibly exhausted, but also excited. And the presenter goes, Oscar, I believe you've also been given. And Oscar's face just drops. And then he continues (laughs) on by saying driver of the day and Oscar was like oh my god I thought you just said I was gonna I was just given a five second penalty because there were so many track limit penalties given throughout the sprint and the race that Oscar thought you know oh my gosh not again please not again um because he did drop in yeah. the, which he dropped from uh it was P- he went from p4 to p3 to p6 P- right Thank thank you. P four to P three to P six. So there's yeah. lots of movement and so his space just dropped like God not again. But um I don't know if it was like intentionally delivered that way or if it was just like
0: Oh it hundred percent was. David Coulthard is just like that. Um and, you know and, and even genius. Yeah, and even Oscar was, was like after, I think it was the sprint qualifying, where he's like, maybe we want to give uh, the FIA five minutes um, bef- before actually confirming that I'm P2 just in case. Um, so he, I, he, he, was, he was a little scared, but he also was very funny about it.
1: Yeah, no, good sport, good sport. Um, I'm very happy for Oscar. He's doing really, really well in his rookie season, so it's, I'm really happy to see him, you know, doing well.
0: Yeah, you we, we never would have expected this out of the McLarens going to like back to the beginning of the season when they were just the so six bad. Pit stop race um, from but it's Lando nice. Norris. Yeah,
1: like if you go back yeah. to the very first race of the season, Lando Norris had what five or six pit stops, and then eventually had to retire the car before the race was even over, or whatever happened. I don't even remember; it was so long ago, but it was horrible. They like couldn't keep yeah. um, temperatures up or down or whatever. There were so many issues. They were.
0: It was a oh, hydraulic issue and they Muralis, kept they had yeah. they they kept having to to re up the hydraulic fluid. Um, people were per saying like what would it have been like if the McLaren that we have now was also driving at the beginning of the season and just how competitive would would McLaren be Which like even for per, perhaps the constructors' championship.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Max is still going to win, but I think it McLaren oh, would yeah. not put themselves in contention cuz we haven't gotten any points out of Checo lately, so.
0: Uh, he got one this weekend.
1: <laughs> okay, he DNF'd from this <laughs> yeah. one, and he got one point. <laughs> Nothing to write home about. I to know, be fair, DNF,
0: but. It, it's not, but to be fair, the Alcon was at fault for um, the sprint crash.
1: Yeah, for sure, but it still happened, <laughs> and he still didn't finish. And it's still
0: funny. It's yeah, so funny. yeah, he's he's got a lot of work to do to 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 maintain P two in the driver standings.
1: Definitely, yeah, because people are really starting to creep up. But yeah, if both McLarens were mm-hmm. competitive the entire season, it'd be really interesting to see where they would land versus like Mercedes, Aston Martin, Ferrari. I mean, I or even Red Bull. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. So, oh man.
0: I think it would have been a little dicey for, like, maybe the first, you know, month of the season and then be like, okay, Red Bull's got this. And it's, then it's just like, who's fighting for P2? Maybe. Maybe.
1: Depends on how many double DNFs Checo's gonna have. Yep. <laughs> It'll never not be funny, Catherine. I have to keep bringing it up. It'll never not no, be funny
0: it, to me. No, it's, it's hilarious. It's so funny. but
1: uh, Okay. Recap of our predictions. Yep. I did terrible. I, I sucked. Period. Um, yeah, we, we did, we did not do, do great. No sprint poll. We both said Max Verstappen.
0: I feel like that was a really good guess. Yep, (laughs) It uh, was. And then he just didn't do well in that qualifying and the McLarens were really great. So, you know, credit, credit to, to Oscar Orlando.
1: Exactly. Um, and then for Sprint Podium, you had Max Carlos Lando. I had Max Lando Carlos. It ended up being Oscar Max Lando. So poor Carlos had a rough weekend. Um, but
0: Yeah, yeah. He didn't even make it out of Q2 for qualifying. That poor guy.
1: I know. It was absolutely horrible. Yeah. And then Sprint P8, so the last place where you can get a point. In the sprint, um, you had Lance Stroll. I had Liam Lawson, but right
0: team, wrong driver.
1: I, and I just had wrong everything for everything. Bad news. Yeah, it me. was kind
0: of a bummer that Lawson did not have the the greatest weekend, because this is his last drive of the I season. Because we'll have Ricardo back in Austin. Um, so that was that was really kind of a bummer because he's just like that. That was not representative of his you know abilities.
1: No, but they kept saying all weekend like he'll be back. He's coming back. Oh yeah. Like, he's a, yeah. So, and I think he'll do well, but it's sad to see his last race of this season go so poorly. Exactly. Um, okay. Sunday poll, you picked Max, I picked Carlos. Carlos sucked. You were right.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Sunday podium. <laughs> Go for it. Sunday podium, um, I actually uh, got it right. I just flipped Lando and Oscar, so that that worked. And you had Lando on the podium.
1: I did, but I also had Carlos, and uh, Carlos didn't even start the race, so. No. Yikes. Oops. Um, Sunday P10, we didn't curse anybody. No, we didn't. We're redeemed. <laughs> Redemption.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and then it it turned out to be Perez, um, who scored his one and only point, because he he was originally P9, and then he had, like, 14 tracks limits violations, um, so that knocked him down to P10 after the race. Oops. Yeah. And speaking uh, of, for biggest surprise, I thought he was going to have a good weekend, and he didn't.
1: (laughs) but
0: I tried. I did
1: have him for my doing a dumb and I just said Checo period you don't come back from the double DNF and he basically did not come back from the double DNF I was right on my my dumb but for my biggest surprise I did say that it would take Max until Sunday to win which pretty much he had to DNF and like Checo had to win um, which and that I did not happen remember, like, that did not happen so Max ended up winning on um, Saturday and you know, outshining Oscar's biggest moment in F1, which is really frustrating, but it's
0: fine. Yeah. Also, to add um, uh, one little thing about Oscar, or not Oscar, but about Max finishing or winning the title on Saturday is he's the first F1 driver to win the title on Saturday since Nelson Piquet, and Max happens to be dating the daughter of Nelson Piquet, Kelly Piquet, um, which I just find absolutely entertaining and I I wouldn't call it small world because of course it's happening in, in formula one and everybody knows everybody. Um, but I also still think it's quite funny that Max is also dating the woman who, um, was dating, um, Daniel Kvyat, who was in, um, the Red Bull car before Max took his seat in 2016. Um, and Kelly and Kvyat have a baby together and Max is like stepdad now. And it's all just, we, we don't go into a lot of, like, the personal lives of F1 drivers, and we do that for a reason here, but that is one of the, the storylines of F1 and, and Max that is just one of the things that I'm just most entertained about.
1: Took a seat and then took his girlfriend. And yep. And playing almost father to the child, so... Yikes. Um, <gasps> yeah! <laughs> yeah. So, for going... Uh, for doing a dumb... You had Ferrari, which,
0: you know. They were fine this weekend.
1: Maybe they sabotaged Carlos's car. <laughs> maybe they didn't. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's,
0: There's no reason to because Charles outqualified Carlos, so there, yeah. there, there, there was no point. No, I, but, I, but I Maybe I they're
1: like, we're really only good enough to focus on one car, so one of them can't race, and then maybe we'll be okay if we only have to focus on one car. <laughs>
0: I mean, that could be a legitimate conspiracy right there. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know. Yeah. But honestly, I think the actual dumb, like I said before, was Pirelli. And we could yeah. have predicted that one. That was not no. in my prediction sightline at all. Um, no. But, I mean, everyone's been talking about it. The big storyline is that Max won this weekend, so he's world champion. So I've gotten this question a lot from my friends who are like kind of getting into F1, but their question, and Catherine, I want an answer from you on this, is so Red Bull already won and Max already won. What's the point of watching the rest of the season?
0: Well, the point of watching the rest of the season is we still have a fight for the top three in the driver's standings, um, which we have, you know, three drivers in legitimate contention. We have Sergio Perez, who has been P2 most of the season, primarily based on all the points that he was getting the first half before, you know, this situation that he's had. We've got Lewis Hamilton, who I've said many times is the type of driver who just sneakily grabs points um, that isn't really talked about during races because you have so many other stories lines, Um, and so he's in P3 right now, and he has um, pretty recently leapfrogged over Fernando Alonso, who was in P3 most of the first half of the season. Um, So that, and considering Fernando is still, you know, he's still getting points, and I feel like they're, you know, Aston Martin is getting back to where they expected to be, Um, that you do, you are going to have this this really great battle for P2. Um, You're also going to have battle for, you know, the top three positions in the Constructors' Champions, um, and that all comes with a ton of money. Um, Alpha Romeo, with their points haul this weekend, they both both drivers were in the points for once. Um, that allowed them to flip flop with Haas, who hasn't scored points lately. And every points posi- every position in the the constructors championship gives you millions more dollars. Um, so it's it's really about seeing how these teams are going to fight to finish as high up the table as possible.
1: Yeah. That's basically what I told them as well. Not to mention it's just entertaining. So Also that. But no, it's. I don't think people realize how much money is in the Constructors' Championships and how much the money changes, like P2, P3, P4, all the way down to... When do they stop with the money? Do you know?
0: Everybody gets money. You just don't get just, a lot of money if you finish P10. Right,
1: right, right. And, then it, and it's big jumps in between, too. So it's not like... Everybody
0: It's tens the, of millions of dollars. Yeah, it's
1: it's a lot. It's a it's a it's a big big jump. So that's why it's still entertaining and still competitive even though we already have our constructor and our driver world champions. So Exactly. There you go. There you go. Well, up next we have Kota, which I literally was just there <laughs> and I should have just stayed I know gone. Oh, my gosh. And every every single commercial on TV while I was home was Circuit of the Americas, Circuit of the Americas, F1, we have all these concerts, everybody come. And I was like, Ugh, I want to go so bad. I
0: want to do. Uh,
1: I'm so frustrated. Next season, but maybe. Next season, we have to go. Yeah, because I'll be back. Yeah, 100%. Go team. Um, yeah. But we, like Catherine said earlier, there is a two-week break, so we have no race this weekend. Um, and then we have CODA. So that does give the drivers a little another bit Another sprint. Room. Oh, but it is another sprint. I hate these sprint weekends. Yeah. I hate them.
0: I don't like them. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. Oh, no, they man. need to be better.
1: They do. They do. It's been decided, again, we have decided on the Going Off Track podcast, <laughs> that they will be changing sprint weekends next year <laughs> and going forward.
0: God, I hope so. so.
1: There you go. Oh, well, that has been it for the podcast. Thanks for going off track with us, guys.